For this episode, we have two fun facts. Fun fact number one is that there have been 13 recessions since the year 1945. So that has been 13 recessions over the course of 77 years. And on average, recessions occur about six years apart. So yeah, recessions are a natural thing that happens six years or so from one another. So if we're in a recession right now here in the year 2022, which we are, if the math continues to keep mathing, we are due for another recession in the year 2028. So that's fun fact number one about this episode. Fun fact number two is that more people became millionaires during the Great Depression than in any other time in American history. Yes, the number of millionaires was the highest ever in American history during the Great Depression, which was a recession, by the way. So it has been proven that business is easier to start during economic downturns, such as the one we're in right now. So with that being said, today's episode is about a recession. Recessions. Yes, we're talking about the histories of, of recession. So those are two fun facts. Very hopeful fun facts that you should know. Welcome back to our podcast that helps us uncover the things we always wish we learned from that boring, bulky textbook. I'm your host, Toya, and you're now listening to season four, episode two on the history of recessions. Now, if you've watched the news, read an article, scrolled on any social media platform as of late, I mean, then you probably have heard the big R word. Yep. The recession. Also, if you have gone to the grocery store, looked up a flight, looked up apartments, gone to your local cafe, you probably noticed that the prices going up, right? Prices of things are expensive as fuck right now. That is a sign that we are in a recession. And we, in fact, are. We keep hearing the word recession, and we've been talking about it a lot. So a lot of experts are saying we're in one now. Sure, Sony with this number because we're in recession and we're getting a confirmation. Cheryl, over to you. We can, we can finally confirm a recession in this country. It says the odds of a recession are rising despite today's rally in the stock market. And so, you know, you've heard the news. You've, you've seen the panic, some sort of panic, right? And that's why we're talking about the big R word today. Because if you don't know, (laughs) baby, we are in it already. We are in a recession. In this episode, we are going to look at how history is kind of repeating itself, right? It happens every six years or so. We're going to answer the question around how we got into this recession in particular, what it is exactly, how does it affect you, how to recession-proof your life, and more importantly, how to take advantage of this time how to become a millionaire during this time. That's what I want to know. Yeah, so we're removing the panic. Don't panic, people. We're going to get into how millionaires are made during the session and what you can do to save and possibly make money during this time. For today's episode of That Wasn't In My Textbook, 
I needed to phone a friend to help us understand exactly what's happening and help us get our money right and tight. So in today's episode, I am joined by the incredible, inspiring guest, Dominique Broadway. She is a millennial money expert and the CEO of Finances Demystified and a mom of two lovely kids who have more money than me and probably you. No offense, like they literally have like portfolios that are over a million dollars. They're written about like Forbes or something. It's crazy. I'm inspired, super jealous. Kudos to Dominique for being a boss mom, boss woman, all those things. As usual, I'm going to kick us off with the history segment in the first 10 minutes, give you some receipts, a little background, some definitions, and then we will jump into the interview with Dominique, who is going to break it all the way down for us and tell us what to expect in the U.S. financial forecast. And then she's going to give us life and she's going to give us hope and she's going to give us faith and she's going to give us some tips on how to thrive during a recession. You might want to get out a pen and paper for this one because her tips are fire. Okay, so do that. I'm going to let you go grab paper and pen. If you're an A1 from day one, welcome back to your favorite history podcast. Thank you so much for your continued support and lovely reviews and sharing. And if you're new here, welcome to the history class you never knew you always wanted to take. I am Toya, your historian homie, also known as the Anthony Bourdain of history. And you should subscribe right now because here we uncover not only the history that happened in the past, but we talk about the raw, spicy, risque history stuff that's happening right now, this very second that definitely wasn't in your textbooks, like the recession and how to thrive in a recession. That's what we're talking about today. So let's get into the history segment uncover a couple of facts we should know about a recession, figure out when this shit really all began, start with a definition because we love definitions and all that good stuff. So let's get into it. So let's start with a definition. A recession is a significant decline in the economic activity that lasts for months or even years. Experts declare a recession when a nation's economic experiences negative gross domestic product rising levels of unemployment, falling retail sales. Like I think it was Target or somebody that was like giving away stuff. They had too much stuff. That's a sign. And contracting measures of income and manufacturing for an extended period of time, right? So we have things like baby formula not being made. That's a sign right there. AKA a recession is when a lot of shit that usually makes money is on the decline. That's a recession. Also when the math ain't mathin' and the economy is going down, that's we're in a recession. So that's my personal definition. So when was the first recession? Now, the first one, the very, very first one was the Panic of 1785, which lasted until 1788, three whole years. Obviously, if you're listening, we were not around for this. But it ended the business boom that followed the American Revolution. The causes of the crisis lay in overexpansions and Debt occurred after the victory of Yorktown. There was a post-war kind of decline. There was competition in the manufacturing sector from Britain. And there was lack of credit and weak-ass currency, a.k.a. shit was on decline in America. And the panic among business and proprietary groups led to demand for stronger federal government. So, yeah, 
Things were bad in 1785. That was the first recession. Of course, in 1785, they weren't using the word recession. So we have to think about when was this term coined, right? And before the 1930s, all economic downturns were just called depressions, which is depressing. Um, And that term was considered more mild than panic or crisis, right? Because the first recession is called the Panic of 1785. We just talked about that. So from there, it started out with the panic or crisis. Then they moved to depression. But after the Great Depression, the term depression for an economic downturn seemed particularly terrifying and a little OD. And so then the term recession was coined later by economics to avoid stirring up bad memories. However, I think they all suck. Recession does sound better than crisis or panic and depression. I'll give you that. But, you know, once you define what it is, it's all the same thing, right? Tomato, tomato. There has been as many as 48 recessions, which we talked about at the beginning of this episode, in the United States dating back to the Articles of Confederation. And there's some beef amongst economics and historians over how many recessions occurred during the 19th century, but that number is pretty agreed upon. So we've acknowledged that we're currently in a recession, but let's talk about the last three recessions, the most recent ones, right? And not including this one. So we'll start backwards. In the 1990s, there was a recession, right? And they say that it was a, lasted about eight months from July 1990 to March of 1991. After the lengthy peacetime expansion of the 1980s, inflation began to increase and the Federal Reserve responded by raising interest rates from 1986 to 1890 till 1989. This weakened but did not stop growth. But some combination of subsequent oil price stock our oil is crazy right now have you seen the gas the debt accumulation of the 80s and the growing consumer pessimism combined with the weakened economy to produce a brief recession so i thought this first recession in the 1990s was interesting because it really started in the 80s things that happened in the 80s caused a recession in the 90s so it's not just like happening overnight it's a cause and effect here right and it takes some time. Following the 1990s recession, there was an early 2000s recession from March 2001 to November 2001. And again, this one was eight months. Interesting. The 1990s was the longest period of economic growth in American history up until that point to the 2001. The collapse of the dot-com bubble, a fall in business outlays and investment, and the September 11th attacks brought the decade of growth to an end. Despite these major shocks, the recession was brief and shallow. So that's an interesting one. I think it's interesting that it was only eight months, but yeah, that makes sense. This seems a little more familiar to me because I actually was like coherent during these years. The 90s, I was still like learning how to talk and shit. But in the 2000s, you know, I do remember the dot-com bubble. I do remember 9-11, unfortunately, horrible obviously and I remember like you know businesses crumbling and throwing things out the windows so yes and then the most recent recession outside of the one we're in right now is called the great recession and that happened from December 2007 to June 2009 and that was one year and six months long and some people 
refer to this often because they talk about the mortgage crisis that led to the collapse of the housing bubble. That was that recession, y'all. Falling house-related assets contributed to a global financial crisis, even as oil and food prices soared. The crisis led to the failure and collapse of many of the United States financial institutions, the big people like Freddie Mac, Lehman Brothers. I think about like, what's that Wolf of Wall Street? I think that's like kind of based on this great recession, like right before that or something. Correct me if I'm wrong. There was also the automobile crisis during this great recession of the 2007 to 2009. And the government responded with an unprecedented 7 billion bank bailout and a 787 billion physical stimulus package. Remember that? And like there was Occupy Wall Street. That was the last recession. Occupy Wall Street, y'all. Crazy. So, wow, I actually do recall the last two most recent recessions. And I wonder if y'all do too. All right, that was a lot. Let's talk about getting out of recession, right? We've done the definition. We've done the coining of terms. We've learned about the most recent ones. One thing you may have read about in your textbooks is fiscal policy, which refers to the use of the government spending and taxing policies to influence economic conditions, right? Like a stimulus check. The government might issue tax stimulus rebates to increase demand and fuel economic growth. The logic behind this approach is that when people pay lower taxes, they have more money to spend or invest, which fuels the economy, right? For example, the Great Recession that we talked about of 2007 to 2009, the Federal Reserve lowered interest rates to zero in effort to encourage investment. Presidents Bush and Obama each signed stimulus packages aimed to help citizens while the auto and financial industries were given bailout to prevent their collapse. Now that you have a better understanding of today's topic and the recession and all, you know, all the the basics, right? Let's jump into this interview with Dominique, the millennial money expert who, and the CEO of Finances Demystified, who is going to get us all the way together so that we feel encouraged and empowered to really understand what a recession is and how we can get a bag while America's losing a bag for a period of time, if that makes sense. So let's jump into this interview. So I want to start out with, you know, everyone's talking about a recession. Can you define in your own words, like, how would you define a recession? Yeah, I mean, essentially a recession is when the economy stops like growing, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, there's people can't spend the way that they used to spend. Things are, you know, the prices of things are going up, but the American spending can't, their money can't support where we're headed, right? And so that just means that there's less money being circulated. And Mm -hmm. when less money is circulated, how does it affect us? Well, jobs are affected, you know, people are spending less, so people have to get laid off. You know, that's essentially what happens. And so because of inflation and all the things that have been happening and things are just getting more and more and more expensive, and the average American just can't afford all these things. And so we enter this kind of this recession, right, where all companies start to be affected. That's why you start to see the stock market falling and companies Ooh. aren't doing as well as they as they were before. And so that's essentially essentially what happens. And so now with where we're headed it's it's like debatable are we in the recession are we not in the recession are we headed into the recession I don't really know I'm not sure I feel like we're, we're kind of already in it honestly mm-hmm. and yeah so it's it's an interesting 
time, unfortunately, most most Americans can greatly be like affected by the recession, and mm-hmm. the average American sometimes don't recover. Mm, okay. Um, or uh, if they do recover, it takes longer, and that's just because they're not prepared. Yes. Okay. So I I have a lot. You touched on that a was lot a long answer, but no, I loved it. I loved it because some of the you already addressed addressed some of my questions too. Because like I feel like with inflation, is that would you say that's one of the signs that I see? Like I went to the cafe before this interview, and they have a little sign like we're increasing our prices. You know, good old the Arizona iced tea used to be a dollar. Now they're like a dollar twenty nine. You know, like there's just yeah. these signs of even the like dollar that. store, like the Dollar Tree, brings mm-hmm. their prices to like a dollar. 10 or a dollar 25 or something like that so it's not even the dollar tree anymore right it's like yeah 25 cent store that's an example um you know with like you said with with inflation so even i was having this conversation with someone the other day and they were saying that they were keeping like money in the house and i was like keeping money in the house is like the worst thing you can do right now so if you you took ten thousand dollars and they were basically saying like it was like thirty thousand dollars he's like oh i have thirty thousand dollars in my house i'm like that's the stupidest thing ever he's like i've been thirty thousand dollars sitting in my house for the last three years i'm like that's so dumb because (laughs) if your money isn't earning right now inflation a few months ago they were saying inflation was like seven percent so that's like the average price of how much things are increasing by right Mm -hmm. now it's actually nine percent Wow. So if your money isn't earning at least 9% a year, you're literally losing 9% a year. So that $30,000 that he's had sitting under his mattress or whatever for the last three years, if he had it in the market, it probably would be worth probably easily 150 k honestly, right? Wow. Well, especially the way the markets have been going the last couple of years, right? And he was, you know, but because he hasn't, that 30 k is still what? 30 k Yeah, or less. Or less, technically. Well, it ain't less yeah. because it's, yeah. it's sitting. But that $30,000 that bought, like, he would buy, that $30,000 would buy him less at the dollar store. Yeah, <laughs> right? this time versus this when he first started. Versus last time or less mm-hmm. gas than before, just because of gas prices. So, yeah, that's, you know, kind of that inflation piece. Yeah. What are some other signs of a recession? So, inflation, is there something else that we should be looking for? I also read, like, yesterday, I think the New York Times said, like, the euro and the U.S. dollar are, like, equal for the first time in, like, years. So, are there other signs or is inflation, like, the main thing? Yeah, I mean, inflation is definitely one of the things. But you also start to see home prices starting to, to level out or fall you also will start to see like, even like with the stock market, right? Like the companies, like a lot of tech companies and companies having their earnings and they're, they're not hitting their earnings marks, mm. right? Because people are just spending less or, you know, buying less or, you know, things like that are other things that you'll, that you'll see when it comes to, those are probably some of the, some of the other bigger signs. You do start to see like these, these falls in the, um, in the stock market and interest rates are starting to go up, right? So oh yes. Are going up as well. That's another, another, another indicator and sign. Like when we were in those easier times, interest rates was low everybody's buying houses and all the things three right? percent <laughs> and now interest rates are, are going you know are, are going up and so everything is everything is just costing more you know? yeah yeah i definitely feel that and like even the cost of food like everything is just more and more and more everything so then is you talked about your friend who had the thirty thousand dollars in his house and you're like that's the stupidest thing to do how can you recession proof your life like how can you prepare or take advantage of this time like what are some things that you should be people should be doing who's listening so i would say this you can recession proof your life but you can't like avoid it completely right got it Mm -hmm. i think there are ways like so some of the things that even even i've done just making sure having an emergency fund this is basic stuff right yes i know Mm -hmm. people like oh just give me tell me how to make a million real quick (laughs) <laughs> you can't get to the million real quick if you don't even have the basic stuff, right? So mm-hmm. having an emergency fund, honestly, is really important. 
with the last recession and probably even this recession, there's going to be tons of jobs being cut, right? People are constantly reevaluating. Do we need all these people on our team, right? Mm. Um, you see every day, all these big tech companies are cutting people. Facebook, all like big companies, right? They have billions of dollars. They're cutting. So obviously, if you see big companies starting to cut, you're going to start seeing smaller companies cutting as well and that's when the average person that doesn't have an emergency fund gets screwed over so this is the time when you need to be like look do i have like if i lost my job today how long could i last could i mm -hmm. last a month could i last an hour could i last a year <laughs> could i last a year could i last two years and this this is one of the first things so having the emergency fund is like really important so if you already don't have like a solid emergency fund with at least three months like this is the time before the recession really starts to hit that you should be like yo i need to do what i need to do to start making some more money and getting some cash on hand. Um, so that's one thing you could do. Also looking at like your credit cards. So as I mentioned earlier, interest rates are starting to go up. So when interest rates go up, what happens? The debt that you have costs you what? More money. Mm -hmm. So this is a good time to like look and see like, is there any way maybe I can move this debt around so it can cost me less if I can't pay it all off? Or maybe even calling my credit card company or whatever company and saying like, hey, can you, redu can you reduce my interest rates? Because all these things are gonna start costing you more money. So if your bills, if you don't, if you lose your job or whatever happens, and you still have all these bills and you still have this high interest rate and things like that's what starts to, to drain people financially right so that's another thing i would say outside of that is like i said thinking about multiple streams of income this is something that financial experts are talking about all the time having multiple streams in these types of times they're even more important so if you do end up losing your job or some people may not lose a job but their pay may get cut right making sure that you have other streams so you're not just dependent upon this one thing is another thing that i think is um you know really important to do to kind of like recession proof so for me i am like even looking at my company right i was talking to my cfo yesterday i'm like all right cool like do we need all these people like because things have we've already noticed a shift even in our business right mm -hmm. um and so it's like if we want to make sure that our runway is good and we can last x amount of months who needs to go who's not producing enough who's not producing a, who's not bringing in enough revenue right so people are starting to have those conversations as well right and then even with my personal finances i'm taking a look all right cool do I need all these bills? Like, do I need this person or do I need... Do I need all these streaming services? <laughs> yeah, do I need all, all these things, right? You know, and making sure that everything that I'm paying for are things that are absolutely necessities and then making sure my emergency fund is good. Okay, cool. I have this emergency fund set where I know it will cover me, you know, for X amount of years or whatever it may be, right? So I know that even if I don't make another dollar, right, after tomorrow, I'm good for a set amount of time. So those are some of the things I'm even thinking about, like in my own personal life as well. Those are great. Those are great. So you said like, looking at your personal finances, right? Trying to make sure you have multiple streams of income, looking at your credit card debt because those interest rates are going up. Mm -hmm. And then but also making sure you have a strong emergency fund, yes. which I, I don't know, I would love your opinion. So I heard like you should, like the standard emergency fund was three months, but I heard in a recession, you should boost it up to like at least six months. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, it really depends because some people have like different industries, you know, different industries are affected differently. I yeah. I think we all learned after the pandemic, which we thought was going to last for like two months. And it yes, like two 30 days. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm going to last a little couple of weeks, you know, a little, 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 little flu running through. No, two years later, like what? We're still in this thing. So honestly, I say you know, right now we need like uh, close to a year. And the only reason I say that is because the, the pandemic, like there was people when, when the pandemic happened, there was people who literally could not earn money for a year. 
Think about people who had like those jobs where maybe waitresses or jobs where you actually had to go into the office, right? Yeah. They were infected. They couldn't go in. Hairstylists, things like that, right? People just weren't getting their hair done. They weren't getting their hair cut. They weren't getting their nails done. Those type of people were affected for long periods of time. Yeah. Very long periods of time. And so three months is great, but I would say, you know, bare minimum, really having six months is ideal, but you should really be aiming to try to have a year. Like that was yeah. one of my goals. Like, right. Even right now I have like five years. Yeah. Oh, like, okay. You know, yeah. Months, probably. Yeah. That was something that I wanted where I'm like, yo, if something happens to me and I can't work for a certain amount of time, like how am I covered? Like how yeah. long am I covered for? And so I would say six months to six to 12 months can really give you that cushion where you're not stressing. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I love that. I need to step my game up. I was going for six. I'm going to change it. Thank but that's you. That's the thing. See, also too, keep it in mind, like first you set your goal. So you boom, three months is your first target and then six months and then mm-hmm. nine months and then 12 months. Right. So have your, have your goals, but understand that you, you do want to get to like, your goal should be years, right? You mm-hmm. should like, oh, I have money set aside where I don't got to work for years. That should be all of our goals. But first we start with one month and then two and then three and then four and then, and then go from there. I got you. I got you. Okay. So I'm gonna stop dipping into that fun too. (laughs) (laughs) I got to think about the future. Um, So then my other question is like, do you know, like how long do recessions last? Like, do you know that? Or like, I guess historically I'm trying to think like, I mean, like we said, like with COVID, like we didn't know. So this could last for a very long time. It could probably last a couple of years. Okay. Yeah. Probably last like, probably like two years. Okay. Um, Probably, probably like a year and a half, two years, but then it's, it's, quote unquote recession, right? It may last for, for a year and a half to two years, could mm-hmm. be longer. The thing is how long does it take to get out? Like and then yes. how it's affected. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the question. So let's say even myself wasn't I was maybe affected by the pandemic in the beginning, but then I wasn't. And so there's some people we all we know people who I know people, we all know people who have not went back to work since the mm-hmm. pandemic. Mm-hmm. they've been affected for years and some people haven't so with that being said the recession with the media is calling it may go mm-hmm. on for a while yeah but you personally may not be as affected and that's why it's important for us to recession proof for whatever our <laughs> lives so even if the world's falling apart outside you're not necessarily affected so i would say how long you're affected is probably gonna be up to you okay Okay. That's a good, that's a good thing. And so then how do we know when it's over? I mean, you kind of know, I mean, see, you got to think about it. Like knowing when it's starting and over and happening is really, it's not necessarily based on you. It's based on the, on on the economy. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us are in touch, but also not like super in touch with what's happening in the world. There's a lot happening too. There's a lot happening. (laughs) happening. So there's, there's even things now, like I'm not, I'm feeling the recession a little bit, but I'm not feeling it as much as maybe other people. There's some people who are already feeling it. They're like gas and everything is, and and I'm personally not, you know, like, oh, well, it's not bothering me as much yet, but I can start to see the, see the effect. So when it's over, I mean, the media will tell you when it's over, just like all things, right? The media will Mm -hmm. say, oh, we're coming out of recession. And then people like, oh, I feel better. But I mean, you'll start to see things level out, right? You'll start to see prices start to level out. Gas might go down. (laughs) Start falling again. Money's flowing more, more freely again. The stock market starts to go up. Consumer confidence is increased is what the media will say. But just please remember, like a lot of these things are like media plays, right? So it's like, we're in a recession. Let me tell you something. If the media didn't tell you you were in a recession, 
Most of y'all wouldn't even know we was in a recession. <laughs> Would you? Because that's what people are like, well, what is a recession? You didn't even know. See, now you're you're like literally trying to Google something that is you didn't even know it existed, first of all. Mm-hmm. And now you're like, oh my gosh, we're in this recession. But I'm like, if no one said anything, you wouldn't have known. So that's why I think it's important for us as we're going through these crazy times to focus on what we can control, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We just went through a pandemic, but my bank account does not say we just went through a pandemic for me. Mm-hmm. Because I focused on what I could control. Now, if I just sit here and listen to the media and let everything get in, then totally, I would be like, oh my God, the world's falling apart. And mm-hmm. I would just sit in my room and cry. But I think what we all need to focus on is focus on what we can't control and create our own reality. Because yeah. You can't wait for the media to say, we're in the recession, we're out the recession. And then it's like, oh, we're out. Let me come out of my cave. You need to be like on it the whole time. Like yeah. your own reality. So I think that's something that's also really important as well. Because if not, you'll just be basing it on whatever the media is saying. Telling you. Yeah, exactly. Confidence and all these different reports and surveys and economic things, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. So is there like, like you were just saying, like, you know, we have to control your own narrative and like be basically in your own bag about everything, like all the time in general. But of course, like when there's different things that happen in the economy, you need to kind of like adjust and try to figure out how to make it work for you. So is there like a way to like positively look at a recession? Like what are some things, I think you already said, like kind of like the emergency fund and stuff like that, but is there ways that people can, I guess, like take advantage of this time and try to like maybe make money during this time? Like should people do stock market? I just put money in my 401k I'm like should I even be doing this like how what are some things that people can do maybe to take advantage of this time I don't know if that's like a yeah I'm personally really excited about this recession only because okay. I know that I know and have seen millionaires are made in recessions oh I did see something that said like we're gonna have the most millionaires made in the next three years mm-hmm. I think there's like 22 million I think 22 million millionaires uh-huh. um in the U.S. I was I was reading but yeah, this is literally the time millionaires are made. So I was doing some some research the other day. Um, I think from 2009 to now, the S&P 500, which is the Standard and Poor's, um, which tracks 500 of the companies with 500 of the top companies with the largest like market capitalization like in the country, this was up like 524 percent since 2009, right? So so basically, if you had <clears throat> invested 100 dollars into this into the stock market in 2009. Today, it would be worth $624, right? Just $100, right? Yeah. So if you multiply that, make it something bigger, you know. Boom, yeah, six times. Yeah. Yeah, basically, right? <laughs> so what I'm saying is what I'm excited about, especially for my children and mm-hmm. me too. I mean, I'm still young. <laughs> but all the monies that we're continuously investing, what we're doing dollar cost averaging, making sure we're investing every single month, we're buying in at really, really low prices. Mm. Now, what we're doing is being able to capitalize and purchase these things at what I feel like is heavy, heavy, heavy discounts. Now, the next two to three years, the market will be brown mm-hmm. and we'll start to see those crazy gains. Okay. 60, 70, 100, 200, 300, 400, 500% regain, regains. And I'm excited about that. Right. Yeah. Because, so my children are about to flourish even more. I'm about to flourish even more because I'm continuously investing in. I'm, I didn't stop investing. Yeah. I'm still continuously buying in. So even me and some of my students well, in, our, in, our, in our course, we were looking at um, Peloton the other day. Right. So Peloton, I think when I had bought Peloton last year, it was like one hundred and sixty dollars a share is what I paid. Peloton's trading for nine dollars right now. 
right, nine, well, I know what I'm doing after this. <laughs> no, obviously Peloton isn't in a rocky spot, but I'm, I'm very confident that they're not going nowhere. They're going to rework yeah. their thing. They're outsourcing how they're making their bikes instead of making them in-house. They'll get their memberships up. People love Peloton. They have a call. They're addicted. Exactly. Rebound. And yeah. so I'm like, these are the opportunities where this stock is literally $9. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. This yes. is why I'm personally excited about this time. So hopefully people realize, even like how you just said, Toya, you invest in your 401k. That was smart. Okay. Because now you're going to rock, you're, you're buying in at lower prices than if it was a year ago. And now you're going to okay. be able to, your money is able to buy way more shares than it could before. Right. Okay. Okay. So that's why I'm personally excited. I think that's one way to take advantage. One easy way. Mm-hmm. Understand? It's not a get rich quick. Is something that you're going to put your money in and you'll probably see lovely benefits within the next two or three years. That's right? beautiful. Yeah. So that's one way to, to take advantage of that. I will also say another thing is this is a good time for people to like get like this is where true entrepreneurs, true entrepreneurs shine in recessions. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. Um, so this is a time where it's like get scrappy, like think about what's a product or a service that maybe you've been wanting to do or people are always asking you for help. How can you be of service to other people? This is a great time to maybe start those things. So millionaires are made in recession from two ways. Businesses, because a lot of people end up starting businesses because they lose their jobs. And mm-hmm. also the stock market. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is, this is, it's a good time. It's a good time. So it's, it's like, we could look at this time with a negative lens. Or. We'll do. Or we can look mm-hmm. at it as an opportunity, right? Yes. Because that's how the wealthy people are already doing anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You said like millionaires are made during a recession. You know, I want, I want to be a millionaire. You can can be like, it's, it's, but it's just being consistent and not letting the fear that's being portrayed in the media creep in. Because if so, if you listen to the media, then everybody just going to sell all their investments and go hide in their closet. And that's what some people did throughout the whole pandemic. And then they're coming Mm -hmm. out two years later, full of still full of fear and have not made a dime. So. (laughs) <laughs> so the two things you suggested is like getting into your entrepreneurial bag. If you want to take advantage, the two things you suggested, if you want to take advantage at this time is getting into your entrepreneurial bag, like get scrappy, the things that people are asking you about, figure out how to generate income from that. And then also investing in stocks, taking advantage of the low, low time. So this is a perfect opportunity, I think also for people to understand that if they want to do that and they want to learn about that, they can sign up for your course, correct? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. We have uh, an amazing, absolutely amazing community um, called the Wealth Demystified Community. And we literally are helping people with all those, all those things. We have literally like office hours about that, live investment, trading reviews. We bring in all these experts that are really helping our students like capitalize during these times. Our students are still making money during this time. Like I love that. <laughs> you know how to make money when the market goes up and down. So we're teaching wealth, wealth building through investing, through trading, but also entrepreneurship, all, all the things basically we're ta- trying to help you build your wealthiest life in all areas. So you can definitely go to financesdemystified.com or all the links on my Dominique Broadway or Finances Demystified Instagram and check it out. We're always offering free classes or you can just hop right in and join the community and access all the courses. And the, it's, it's good. I think the biggest thing too, as we're heading into this recession, it's like, are you going to do this? Are you going to go through this by yourself? Or are you going to go through this with a group of people that's all looking to capitalize and take advantage of this? And that's one of the yeah. things I'm excited about that community. It's it's being in a room full of people who all have a positive, are all looking at this through a positive lens instead of a negative lens. 
mindset. Yeah, and have like a money mindset. So. And, a money, and a strong money mindset or building, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and like, you know, sharing with each other. I think that's important too. Because, mm-hmm. you know, things like recession and COVID makes people feel very isolated. So I feel like, you know, outside, obviously the important resource that you're creating for people to learn how to make money, you're also creating community so people feel like loved. So I have two more questions and then we're yes. done. One is for my people who are working. Like, what are your suggestions for people who are at jobs, what's their best move? Should they leave, should they go? Like, how do they deal with the recession? Cause there are layoffs and maybe they haven't reached that point yet. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know, don't leave. I mean, don't, <laughs> don't quit your job. Don't quit your job. I mean, I, that's, that's kind of a hard question. I mean, everyone's in a different point. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, just if you have a job and just be prepared, like you talked about having an emergency fund, don't think that you're not disposable, right? I mean, yeah. anyone's disposable. So I would say, you know, I've, I've met people like, oh, they're not going to let me go. They need me. Mm, they don't need you. Like, so just understand that we're all disposable. Right. Yeah. And so just be prepared either way. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I even did like the other day, I was like, let me update my portfolio. I'm like, update my resume, like trying to do that before you need it. You know, I think we always wait. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, COVID also taught me that just like keep everything up to date, maybe every month or every two months, depending yeah. on like your availability, just like put in those matrix and calculate the different success that you have like in your job. Cause when you're in it, sometimes I think it's hard to like keep track of all the things yeah, that you're doing. I love that. Just being, you know, right. Being proactive. So you're, mm-hmm. you're being ready before you need to be ready. Exactly. Stay ready. <laughs> okay. So my last question, which is the signature question of the show is if you had an opportunity to write a chapter in a textbook on a recession, what would you name that chapter and why? Hmm. A chat. Uh, I would probably the thing I already said. Millionaires are made in recessions, and it would just be it would be a whole chapter on what you need to be doing now, which is identifying the companies you want to invest in and showing people how to start investing and setting up simple dollar cost averaging to automate your investing so that you're taking advantage of it. Wow. Yes. I love that. I love that you have like a positive spin on it because I feel like everything is panicky. So you're like, let's, let's get into the money bag. Ooh, I don't care. Recession, no recession. We are focused on okay, so one thing about life. Life is all about your mindset. It is. Yeah. Simple as that. If you focus on what you can control and be optimistic, you're going to win. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Millionaires are made during the recession. Great chapter. I would read that. <laughs> I read it, underline, take notes, all that. So thank you so much for joining me. Can you let people know how they can support you? How they can, I mean, you already talked about your class. We can talk about it again or any other exciting things of like, you know, I'm always going to include your social media and stuff like that and your website in the show notes. But I feel like this is the time for you to do an extra plug. Y'all need to sign up for a class. That's me talking to myself. Like I've, I've missed sales. I've missed sales, but I'm going to, I'm going to sign up. This whole yeah. conversation just changed it for me. I was like, oh yes, I have Apple stock. I do have Apple stock from when I worked mm-hmm. there. That's been accruing, but I'm like, I need to do more like on my own, not just, you know, expect everything to be automated. Yeah, for sure. Just definitely check out, like I said, financesdemystified.com. Go follow me on Instagram at Dominique Broadway. Also, our Finance Demystified Instagram. We always give out free money tips and free classes. Just go there, check us out, learn, learn. Like, there's so many ways to capitalize on these things. So, if you're walking around, you're scared, you're full of fear, 
we pick faith over here. We only rock with faith. And so, you know, we understand that faith is, is, is what you need to pick over fear and don't let what's ha happening in the world paralyze you. I think that's what's most important. And go out here and learn. There's a lot of people being able to capitalize on these times. So don't let this be another time where you're like, oh man, I should have did this 10 years ago. I should have did this five years ago. This is our time. This is your time. Yeah. You to either capitalize on it or to be regretting what you didn't do 10 years from now. I love that. Faith over fear and don't let this paralyze you. For sure. Gems dropped. We're already done. I don't know what else to say. Well, <laughs> thank you for joining me. And this was an enlightful, positive conversation. I was like, I don't want people to panic. And you just, you just panic. took us there. You took us there. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. And that is the conclusion of season four, episode two on the history of recessions. Now, I love this episode because obviously this topic is so relevant. It is all over the news, all over the podcast space. It's everywhere. Everyone's talking about it. And that's why I really liked it because this is a history podcast that talks about not old shit, but new shit and present shit. So I really liked how we can tie history and what's happening to us right now together. Some of the gems of this episode that I just want to refresh your mind with is that millionaires are made during a recession, right? I think that is so beautiful. And I feel like Dominique did a really good job of explaining that and encouraging us and telling people not to panic. I really wanted this episode to be uplifting and she definitely did that for us. Another gem is just how to recession proof your life, right? And you should do that in and out of a recession. So I enjoyed her tips about eliminating debt. I enjoyed her tips about still investing your 401k. I mean, that was a personal question, obviously. But I know a lot of the people listening, you're working, you have the stability, you're trying to figure out what you should be doing. I love the tip of, you know, updating your resume, always being ready, stay ready. And, you know, I loved her tip of eliminating debt. I think recessioning proof your life should be something we all strive for. And I really, really appreciated her tips on that. I also enjoy just learning about the other recessions we've had. Like recessions are normal. It's a part of our economy. We've had at 48 over the past 77 years. That made me feel more reassured. Like, okay, this is normal. We get in them, we get out of them. It's gonna be fine, right? Another jewel that I felt like was dropped during this episode is just kind of even understanding what a recession is, right? I think I knew it meant that shit was more expensive. I knew that. But now I'm like, oh, okay. The more scientific definition is like there's a GDP and, you know, it's when certain things happen. So I know the signs, right? And we know the signs now and we've been dealing with the signs, but to actually have like a real definition and be able to point your finger to it feels more reassuring. That's the type of person that I am, right? It's just like when there's a significant decline in economic activity, cool. When the GDP is negative, you know, when unemployment levels are rising, you know? So I really enjoyed that. It helped me realize that we are in a recession and it helped me just realize that we're also going to be okay. So those are some of the things I just wanted to review from this episode that I thought were great takeaways, my Toya takeaways. That's what I should call these. I don't like gems dropped. So we're going to call them Toya takeaways. I'll do these at the end of every episode. 
Now, as usual, I encourage you to check out the show notes. I always list my sources in there and my researcher and all that other stuff. You can find the show notes wherever you're listening to the podcast, or you can head over to thatwasntinmytextbook.com to review show notes. Please, 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 please make sure you drop some stars and write a couple of lines about how you feel about this episode. Even if you've left a review before, I believe we can leave another one. So if you enjoyed this episode, if you learned something, please include that in the review or reach out to me. You can DM me on Instagram, Twitter. That wasn't in my textbook, Tori from Harlem. I will respond. I love getting your feedback. Share the episodes with a friend of a friend. You know, I really, really appreciate that. And of course, follow That Wasn't In My Textbooks all over and of course, follow that wasn't in my textbook all over the interwebs. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Be sure to come back next Friday for a brand new episode and a brand new topic. And until next time, remember, knowledge is power. Power.